Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. This is Nicolene Peck, and I am joined here with my daughter, Paige Baumert. Hi, Paige. Hello. Paige, how is that little baby doing? So good. She is 12 days old now. So, you know, practically a grown up. Yeah. Wow. Time goes by (laughs) so fast. Just in the last podcast, there we were having a podcast in a hospital room Mm -hmm. while Clara and you were still in the hospital and just so crazy that that much time has already gone by. So today, Paige, we're going to be talking about bonding. And I love that. And I think it's kind of fresh on my mind because of Clara Mm -hmm. and me feeling like I love creating my bond with my new little grandbaby. It's so exciting. (laughs) And so anyway, we're going to be talking a bit about bonding and what bonding does for us, but also some tips for improving our bonding with other people. But before we do that, we have a tradition here on the Teaching Self-Government podcast. And the tradition is that we talk about a fun family activity. So Paige, what type of a family activity do you have for us today? Well, seeing as how it snowed a little bit here today, which it's not cool because I'm not ready for fall to be over yet, but um, it reminded me of something that we used to do when we were younger. We would make homemade snow globes. So um, usually we made them in baby food jars just because they were small um, and, you know. Yeah, we got the kind of taller ones. Like I I on purpose saved baby food jars for little things like that because they were like the perfect size. Yeah. Yeah. And so we would either find or go purchase um, little action figures that would fit inside the baby food jars. And then we would fill the jars with water. And then we would put glitter in them and you can get like white snow, like glitter, obviously, but a lot of times we didn't have that. So we just used the other stuff and it was great. And it was uh, was very sparkly. And then we would hot glue the little action figure to the inside of the baby food lid. And then we would hot glue around the ring of the lid and then we would screw it on to the bottle so it wouldn't come out again. And it was so fun. It was so fun to have a little snow globe. I remember one that I made, it had um, Smee in it from Peter Pan. <laughs> like, all right, this is cool. <laughs> it was probably just what we could find at the dollar store. It was yeah. like, okay, we're doing a craft. We're not going to go all out, right? <laughs> so we'll go see what little weird little things we could find to stick in the snow globes. And yeah, that was probably just one of those little weird things that Mm -hmm. we could find, but it was so fun. You guys loved them. You would sit and shake them and look at them and put them in the windowsill and watch the sun go through them. And, (laughs) and it was just really fun. And so here we are getting to a change in the season and starting to cool down a little bit and, and snow where we live snow. So Um, of course I don't think it's going to stay very long, but not right uh, now later on it will, but, but even so kind of start thinking ahead to some of those little activities that you might want to do as the seasons change, super fun. And you know, when you put uh, different 
glitters in them. You could even get little leafy glitters and you could make it like an autumn leaf one, right? Where That's it's like true. you're shaking them and the little autumn leaves are swimming around in the water and falling down and stuff like that. So, you know, we did a lot of things like that. Oh, a lot of little crafts that we made out of just odds and ends that we had around the that house. That's like our and- favorite thing to do. I know. And you know, Paige, you kind of turned into a creative. And I think it was because of all of that stuff that we did actually. And I love creative things. So it was fun for me to do those things with you guys when you were little. Super Mm -hmm. fun. So today, Paige, we're talking about bonding. And we're going to look at the topic of bonding through the lens of self-government. So what is self-government? Self-government is being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing a knowledge of your own behaviors so that you can control them. Right. So when a person has self-government, what that means is that they understand cause and effect as it relates to their goals and desires and their own behavior. So they're analyzing themselves again and again. But what a lot of people don't know is that really in order to teach your children self-government, you do have to have a good relationship. So I think a lot of people will focus on certain skills that we teach, skills like Oh, I'm going to teach my children to follow instructions, to accept no answers and criticism, to accept consequences, to disagree appropriately, how to correct themselves when they have a problem. You know, these kinds of things that we teach, how to be calm when somebody else isn't and how to not do attention seeking and all of these things. But really, none of the teaching is ever going to stick unless you have a really good bond with your child Mm -hmm. and you've got a good relationship. So lots of times people will say to me, Hey, I've got this problem with my child. Um, they, they have this issue and they won't, they won't listen to me. They won't look at me. What should I do? Yeah, no. And that's, it's, then you have to think, okay, so you you have this problem, but let's look at a slightly deeper level of this. Let's go beneath the surface issue. What's going on here. And a lot of times, you know, you come up with, oh, you're actually not bonding with this child you haven't spent quality time with this child quantity too let's not let's not forget that because Mm -hmm. real quality time is quantity of time and i know not everybody has the same amount of time and we do the best with what we've got right i realize Mm -hmm. that but you know there's these people who think oh i just have to be with my child seven minutes a day and i'm like actually no (laughs) if your child is with somebody else and the tv and stuff the whole rest of the day and they're with you seven minutes a day you are not the primary influence in their lives Mm -hmm. plain and simple and the bond is hurt because of that so we do need to just you know make it a priority to Mm -hmm. try to do as much time as we can and and try to make that time quality, which doesn't mean all fun and games, but it means connecting with that person during that time. So there's an image page that we talk about oftentimes when we teach self-government and I call it the relationship wheel. So this is a diagram where I talk about teaching um, our children and what it looks like to teach our children. So if you draw the diagram of a wagon wheel, the inside of the wagon wheel, the hub of the wheel represents the core values that you have that you want to instill in your child. So these are the things like honesty and your religious beliefs and virtues and all of those kinds of things. 
Those are the things that if they get nothing else, even if they can't read, we go, yes, but they are a good person, <laughs> you know, and that's <laughs> what we want is for them to be a really good person. So then coming out of the hub of the wagon wheel, there's the spokes that come outward. Mm -hmm. And those spokes all represent things that we teach our children. So we might teach our children how to do chores. We're going to teach them how to have kindness and love for other people. We're going to teach them how to read. We're going to teach them how to say okay and be okay. We're going to teach them the skill of calmness, you know, so many things, how to tie their shoes, how to brush their teeth. There's a lot of things we teach the children. And really, if you think about it, all of those things that we teach our children are actually rooted in one of our core values. So why do we teach our children to read? Well, because that leads to freedom. Because reading, in, if you're truly literate, then you are more free. You can decode the world. You can have a say in things in the world, you know, that kind of thing. And this is a virtue that we believe in you, mm -hmm. usually is freedom, you know, as people. So anyway, um, those represent the things we teach. But that, that rim or that band that goes all the way around the outside of all those spokes and holds them into the hub, this thing that provides so much strength so that they so that the teaching stays in the core values so basically think of this band around the wheel um holding the teaching tightly into the core core values that band is actually uh the relationship that's mm -hmm. symbolic of the relationship that you have to your child and that your child has to you because this is something a lot of people don't know but relationships are do not require two people necessarily so I have a way that I see myself. I have a relationship to myself. I have a way that I see you, Paige, and I have a relationship to you. Well, my relationship to you could be totally different than your relationship to me. You could be hating me and I could be saying, you know, it uh, seems like she's having a really hard time. I wonder if I can love her more, help her more, whatever, even if <laughs> she's hating me at the same time. In fact, this is something I often tell parents to do like, hey, you know, if your child is having a hard time, they're putting up walls, they're not wanting to talk to you. That does not mean that you should behave the same way. Right. You absolutely on your side. Need well, to you're in charge of your own relationship with other people. Yeah. So other people. I did a parenting mastery training this last weekend, Paige. It's a, I do these three-day trainings for couples. Mm -hmm. They are one of the best ways to learn all of the teaching self-government principles. You know that, Paige. You've I do. mentored at those. We, we do personal training. <laughs> yeah, you have. You've been raised going to those. Anyway, so I did one this last weekend. You weren't there, of course, because, you know, you've got Clara and everything else. And, <laughs> Brand new and baby. It, exactly. Um, but... This, this gentleman said, we were talking about relationships. I explained about having your own side of the relationship. I said, in our family, there was four children, two adults. This is before marriages and grandchildren, of course. <laughs> anyway, and so all in that family, in our one family, there were 36 relationships, including each of the relationships we have with ourselves. So that's something to consider really it is hard to ruin all relationships all at the same time, yeah. especially as each person is working on having a good relationship with themselves, then that helps create better relationships with other people or toward other people. And so it's really that bond that you have with your child from your side that ends up attracting the bond coming back to, it can work both ways, but truly the, the parent oftentimes initiates it. And it, there's this boomerang effect. When I reach out to connect with my child, then my child starts connecting more with me. Mm -hmm. That's just how it happens. Well, and you were very, really very bond. deliberate with that. You, and you still are, 
but that's something you did very deliberately as you know we were growing up yeah well you know we were a bonding family I mean I don't know if you can just declare we're a bonding family but we are and and (laughs) even still to this day you know Mm -hmm. um I think people you know who who need us people who aren't even technically part of our family like currently we have uh, multiple people in our family that have significant others you know and we love them and we just want to bond with them all the time you know we're like hopefully it doesn't weird you out but guess what we want to be connected (laughs) yeah because that's just what we do we bond with people we say we say well I want to know all the great things about you well I I really appreciate you well tell me more well here's something about me right and and so we have these conversations. I mean, not that we're like so oppressive, you know, but, right. but there are some people who, if they aren't raised in bonding families could be like, Whoa, that's a little <laughs> intense. Like those people really like each other. They talk about all kinds of stuff, you know? And I mean, Quinn, as he's dating his girlfriend right now, he's like, you know, the one thing I just love the most you know, is how well she gets along with the family. He's mm-hmm. like, it just, it makes me so happy to think that as I'm pursuing this, if this goes some somewhere further, that, that it's going to be a very happy connection, yeah. you know? And so he's already thinking in terms of, I want to find somebody who fits really great with the family because I don't want to ruin any of the bonding in the family, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and that was something we had to um, overcome a little bit with my husband, Joseph, because I feel like we kind of threw him in on the deep end because <laughs> his family and our family are very, very different. And so it was funny. We were driving home one time from visiting you guys and he's like, is, is, is this normal for your family? I'm like, oh yeah. And he's like, I, I have some concerns. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Well, because because you're close. Right. And because it's like lots of hugs and talks Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, and that kind of thing. And where, where a lot of people just kind of leave each other alone, even in family, which is fine if that's their culture, but we decided in our culture that we really wanted to be a bonding family. And a lot of that really happened because of your father, actually. So, um, so my husband, Spencer, he, likes to cuddle and touch (laughs) and, and he likes to feel bonded in with people. Now, even though like that said, I'm probably the pivotal person for the bonding, like everybody, everything kind of comes back to me a little bit. Yeah. Especially like the emotional, the intellectual, the spiritual, that kind of bonding when it comes to physical, I'd say that's definitely dad's dad. He's like, come here. Right. It's just like, like, give me a hug. But you know, he, I don't think he was necessarily raised that way, but he just decided that he wanted to be that type of family for us. You know, Mm -hmm. when, when we first got married and when we had our first child, he was like, I want to be the type of family that we say we love each other a lot and that we show each other we love each other and that we are close together and we're connected and we're bonded. And he saw that a little bit from my family growing up. Not that my family growing up is like the one we created because it's not, there's distinct differences, mm-hmm. but compared to some of his experience, they were pretty close. And so I think he thought, I, I want more of that. I want to have that. And so anyway, he started from the time you guys were little 
with all kinds of touching and bonding and talking. And he's very, very open sometimes to a fault. And, you know, there's just a great honesty in the way that dad connects with everybody. And when somebody new comes, he's like, well, Hey, and all of a sudden he's just gonna like ask him 20 questions and get to know him and be right there. And, and, um, and the thing is, is a lot of people just love how kind of, you know, lighthearted he is about (laughs) connecting with everybody and just kind of how warm and welcoming. So anyway, this is just our type of family. It's something that we love. But I think for a while, I didn't realize how rare it was until people started asking me questions like, how do I create a bond with my child? And I thought, (laughs) okay, you know, this is something we're naturally doing. Let me analyze this. Mm -hmm. What are we naturally doing so that I could tell you some of the things we've deliberately done to naturally create this bond with our children and honestly it started when we were teeny and I know here you are Paige with a brand new baby you've got sweet little Clara 12 days old and you've already been thinking to yourself hey I want to make sure I have a good bond with Clara so Mm -hmm. you tell us what you've been kind of I mean you don't have to get into the nitty-gritty of baby like (laughs) diapers and everything but like but like what kinds of things have you been thinking and and doing and and preparing so that you can have a good bond because I know you've mentioned that. Yeah. So, I mean, you and I, we think very, very similarly and I'm like, okay, you know, I want to make sure I've got a head start on all this stuff, you know, family, family, you know, vision and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay. So with Clara, you know, in the hospital, when it came to feeding her, we had to supplement a little bit, you know, and I'm, and going into the pregnancy and the birth and stuff. I'm like, okay, I really would like to breastfeed. That's just something that I want. And then when I wasn't able to, cause you know, I wasn't producing enough at the time. I'm like, okay, well that, that kind of sucks. But I was reading a book that really inspired me to, you know, try again, just because of all the different benefits that I had. And, um, a story that you told me from a woman that you were talking to, um, how she said, you know, I couldn't breastfeed, but I wanted to spend every minute that I could of that time with my child, you know, looking into their eyes, um, just being there with them. And so I thought, okay, we're going to give this another try. And so for the past few days, you know, I've been doing that and, um, you know, gotten back on the breastfeeding wagon and, um, you know, even though I'm still not producing enough for her to, you know, have her full meal from me. Um, I'm, I make sure that, you know, I'm not watching a movie while I'm, you know, feeding her, um, and that I really spend that time, you know, talking to her and, you know, playing with her little feet to keep her awake. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't really eat right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just been so special, you know, cause it's, it, it would be so easy to be like, okay, it's feeding time. This is going to be kind of boring. Okay. You know, let's turn on a movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. but instead I'm like, okay, you know, I'm here. This is mommy daughter time. And we mm-hmm. get this time every two and a half to three hours. Woohoo, Let's go. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's Maybe good not- to love it and embrace it. I know. I'll tell you what, once you're done nursing, um, it actually kind of, there's like a grieving, like you kind of get sad. Yeah, you oh. think- <laughs> I mean, I know that it's nice to move on to not being kind of like a milk cow, but like, <laughs> I know that's nice, but it's also, it's also like that bonding is, you know, it, 
it's not there anymore and yeah. there's just something about well, it and it's different. it's interesting though because I had to make the deliberate decision and I still have to almost every time that two and a half to three hours comes around you know <laughs> make the deliberate right. deliberate decision to be like okay yeah this can, is going to take about a half hour longer than it did when I wasn't you know working on breastfeeding but it's going to be worth it and it's going to be okay and you know, this bond with my child is important, mm-hmm. you know, even though she can't, you know, make any conscious decisions really yet, or, you know, stuff like that. But it's, it's something that's very important for me. Um, and so, and kind of along with that, I've noticed that, you know, with all the extra time spent with Clara, I now have to be more deliberate about my time spent with Joseph. Mm-hmm. and that's been interesting to juggle um, especially because he's picked up some more hours at work and so he comes home and he's exhausted and he just wants to relax and you know sometimes it looks like hey let's just watch a movie you know but I have to be more deliberate with saying hey no let's actually do something together mm-hmm. you know so this morning we actually went on a walk and even though it was freezing and raining but we did <laughs> You're like no there was real, that's not a pile of blankets there's a baby in there yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much yeah. and uh, and while we were on our walk we talked about uh different things that we want to incorporate in our family standard because that's something i want to get going as well you know make sure we have mm-hmm. that set in stone um and it was interesting, you know, to see his different perspective on things. I'm like, okay, so what do we want in our family? You know, what about this? What about this? What about clothing? What about media? You know, going over different nitty gritties um, and mm-hmm. just kind of hearing his thoughts about that and us incorporating different things that we grew up with and mm-hmm. being like, oh yeah, you know, that's actually a great rule. Let's keep that one. Or, mm, you know, I'm probably good on that one, <laughs> but it was nice, you know, to just have a leisurely walk in the freezing rain talking about you know just things that involved all of us mm-hmm. so yeah it does that that talking time that planning time and just deliberately doing it is really really huge there are so many benefits from creating a really good bond mm-hmm. and and one of those benefits that you're talking about right now is being on the same page with a person right being able to see eye to eye when you spend time talking to them looking at them and, you know, deliberately bonding with them, then it's like you're more as one. And that's what you want to have in a marriage. And certainly with your children, if you can do that too, all the better, right? And I think that was something that we felt like we wanted to be one whole family. We wanted to have interdependence in our family. And Mm -hmm. we wanted to uh, make sure that it wasn't about each individual, even though we were going to, you know, be helping each individual, but that it was going to be about our family as a whole. Everything that we were going to do was going to be about this group of people that were all together because we always wanted the group to want to be together. So mm-hmm. there's so many things um, when you have good bonding with your parents, then when you're, as you grow, you have increased feelings of safety increased confidence that you have oftentimes a person becomes more courageous or brave in things that they do. I mean, there's just a lot of great things that come from that stability of the bond, the bond mm-hmm. that you have with someone. You don't feel like you're going to get left. You, you know, that person's so you're, there you're a bit more you. adventurous. 
Yeah, you really are. Um, so there's just so many things there. So I recently have been reading a book by a colleague of mine, a man that I speak at conferences with. So his name is Daniel Hurta. And I think I should, I probably mispronounce that because I, I believe that that last name is Spanish. So Huerta? Um, Huerta, probably. Anyway, I just call him Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> like we'll just skip the last name. <laughs> I should probably figure out exact pronunciation, but anyway, he's written a book. So he, um, he is one of the VPs for parenting for focus on the family. If you're familiar with focus on the family and he's written multiple things and he's got a book called seven traits of effective parenting. And so he and I did a little like, Hey, I'd like to read your book. Well, Hey, I'd like to read yours. You know, we kind of did a little switcheroo, which was kind of fun. And, um, so in his book, Seven Traits of Effective Parenting, he has these seven traits that he talks about. One of the traits is adaptability. And in his book, he talks about bonding and how bonding relates to adaptability. And I, I just really loved the way he put this little section together on adaptability. He brought in a lot of great things there. Um, I do think teaching self-government adds to it, right? Oh, for so sure. Some of the principles that he's bringing up, you know, that a person who who is more naturally adaptable has certain traits and stuff. So for instance, he says, if a person is naturally adaptable, then they're usually more flexible, adventurous, social, spontaneous, and they pay less attention to detail. Those people are a little bit more naturally equipped to be adaptable. Um, and then people on the other end of the spectrum have a more difficult time being adaptable. And they're people who are inflexible, super safety conscious, opinionated, traditional, and have more attention to detail. And so, and I was thinking of self-government and I'm thinking, okay, self-government, we're working on the social. Self-government, we're being flexible because we got to follow instructions when it's time to follow instructions, accept no answers when it's time mm -hmm. to accept the no answers. Um, we are definitely vision focused, which is a big picture type focus, which he says is really important to help. If you help a person become more big picture oriented, they're going to be better at being adaptable. Um, adventurous, you know, this is interesting too, because, you know, with teaching self-government, we are doing like brave things all the time with correcting ourselves, accepting corrections, making goals for ourselves and plans and moving ourselves forward. And it's kind of like this way of life that actually goes along with helping a person naturally become a little yeah, bit more. Well, I'd say even living more spontaneously as well. So, I mean, with that big picture vision, then, you know, you have a, a nice big general idea. Obviously your vision is very detail oriented, but mm -hmm. you know, on your way to get there, everything is definitely a lot more big picture, but that leaves room for a lot of spontaneous um, action, mm -hmm. you know, inspiration and acting on certain, um, you know, inspiration promptings that you get on the way, you know, on the mm -hmm. way there. And so this is something that I've noticed that, you know, I do quite a lot. I'm a very spontaneous person. I'm also very, you know, quote unquote, chill individual. <laughs> um, but that's, I've noticed it's been a really big blessing. Um, and I've found that it has helped my relationship with Joseph quite a bit because um, he is less so. And that's not a bad thing, you know. Well, there's personalities, you know. I mean, you you have your personality. You have to like acknowledge okay well this is the type of personality i have and mm -hmm. maybe i like to be a little bit more planned out than <laughs> other people you know 
which is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But I will say, Paige, I did train you guys to be adaptable. I mean, mm-hmm. I did. It was like, well, what's happening next? Yeah, right we're, we're still very structured, this. but we're mm-hmm. able to adapt to, you know, new changes that come and we're not going to be put out if something doesn't happen the way we thought it would, you know? Yeah. Well, and I didn't let you guys control the day. I think that was another thing. So um, I do know that there's a place for schedules and stuff like that. And there are certain things we were scheduled about certain things we would do in the day, but then there were also, there was no end to when the schedule was going to adjust to. So there was also prioritizing. So if I felt like we need to go to grandma's today, we haven't seen grandma for a while, <laughs> then we would just up and leave Bonding. it all. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. And, and it would be like, and now school is going to be visit your grandma. That's what school is going to be. So here we go, right? <laughs> we're going to go do service over there and we're going to help her clean or whatever it is. And so um, it was very, life was like that, very spontaneous. Every Friday, we had a field trip Friday mm-hmm. where we would just, well, where are we doing? Where are we going? Okay, we're going to check out this museum. We're going to go see bald, bald eagles over here. We're going to, you know, whatever it is. And it was just like, whatever's happening, happening. And sometimes it was planned ahead of time. And sometimes it wasn't. Sometimes it was like, I think there's bird watching over here. Let's go see, you know? <laughs> I mean, it was just kind of like, that's it. And, um, and honestly, that was a really great thing that we did. So, so that adaptability actually is heavily influenced by bonding. So mm-hmm. Daniel Huerta said that um, bonding is one of the key things that helps a person become adaptable. And this is huge. And he has this great little analogy there uh, in his book about cities and he says each person in the family is like their own city and then there's roads connecting all the cities and and he's you know a really spiritual guy which i love um and so he talks about how there's the creator of the cities and the creator of the roads and it's the same being right so meaning Mm -hmm. god anyway but he says and you gotta you gotta use god and his help to help create those roads so basically he's saying if you've got a city sitting there and there's no roads to get to the people to all the different people, then, then you've got a problem, right? Mm -hmm. So that, that particular city is not going to be very adaptable because there's no connection with the other people. You can't use it. You can't use it. You can't go there. They, um, they end up stuck a lot. Yeah. No room for outsourcing or making connections or help. They can't get help either. Mm -hmm. Just a lot of frustration. And really he, he talked about the antithesis of adaptability, which is stress. When a person has high anxiety and when they have stress, which is one of those symptoms of anxiety, it's kind of like the sign of anxiety. <laughs> so that that person then, that's, that's a sign that the person is not adaptable, or at least in that minute, they're not adaptable, right? And so if we've got uh, a lot of stress that is taking over in the relationship, then the people actually end up isolated. And nobody can get through on the roads to these different cities if there's too much stress. It's like construction, you know, it's like blocking things. Mm-hmm. Like you can't get in, the city is closed down, you know. And and then it hurts, everybody hurts in the family when the roads aren't open, when you can't get yeah. to the different cities within the well, family. Well, because families, they want to help each other. And so if you can't get in to help someone, it's like, uh, okay, you know. It's really that- hard. I can't do stuff here. And then the person who's stressing out isn't being helped and is now suffering even more. So, 
Yeah. It's and if one really person hard. closes off, it just, it creates a ripple effect in a family. Like mm-hmm. if all of a sudden there's one person, let's say you or Joseph or somebody, all of a sudden started not really wanting to connect with the family, not really caring, whatever. It just makes it feel like, okay, when's the construction going to end? Like <laughs> there's a problem. People are shut down, you know, and it, and it just makes everything feel awkward in the group. And so, and this is where in our family, we're like, okay, we got to talk to somebody like, you know, like, Hey, this person's having a problem. Clearly there's something going on there. And so I immediately think I need to figure that out. I need to go talk to them and see if we can help the roads become open and clear again, Mm -hmm. if we can, you know, and obviously you pick your timing carefully and, (laughs) you know, and stuff like that, but still, and, you know, and making sure that they really know you love and appreciate them. But sometimes you have to have a little conversation, you know, with somebody, Mm-hmm. So anyway, here's some benefits of uh, bonding that you might not have thought about. So bonding actually gives a person a big, a bigger picture of life. So it helps to eliminate some of those details that cause so much stress. So when you see a person, when you bond with a person, you see more the point of life is to connect with other people around you, not to worry about all the little bits and pieces all the time, you know, but it's really about the pe- the people, which gives you a larger perspective of what life is really about. Um, bonding develops interdependence because you're working with other people instead of, you know, life just being about your own dependence or independence, um, which is huge. So when a person is always worried about themselves, then they end up becoming dependent on others or independent and not, and not that independence. I mean, that sounds good, right? And in some ways people need a dose of independence, but but if you feel like I don't need anyone, I don't want anyone, I don't want to bond with anyone, then you know you're in actually kind of a bad spot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but bonding develops with um, parent-child social development as well. So, so social skills are uh, developed because of bonding. So just you looking into Clara's eyes makes a huge difference for her development, actually. Mm-hmm which is enormous. So let's talk about some tips for improving bonding. Paige, I think you already kind of hit on our first one. Let's, let's go ahead and talk about tip number one for what you can do to improve bonding. Yeah. So tip number one is bonds are made deliberately. So you really do have to be deliberate and you have to make a conscious decision to have a bond with someone and to reach out and to care about them and, you know, to want to be closer to that person. Um, you know, that's something I'm still working on with, you know, having a new addition in the family, you know, Joseph having more work hours, um, figuring out good ways to bond with my husband and maintain our marriage relationship, um, you know, with the new addition that we have, because this is something that is important to me and I know it's important to him. And so, you know, we have to make those conscious decisions, even though we're both exhausted for different reasons. <laughs> uh, welcome to parenthood. Oh, yes. Welcome oh, yes. Where you get to juggle all the things, all the relationships yes. and the <laughs> lack of sleep and everything else. Okay. So tip number two is look in the eyes. So parent Paige kind of talked about this a little bit too, how she's wanting to look in Clara's eyes when Clara's eating and, and stuff that she wants to make sure she's there. She's present, but in the teaching self-government skills, Uh, The first step of every single skill is the step, look at the person, look in the eyes. And the reason why is because your eyes are the windows to your soul. Mm -hmm. 
And when you look into another person's eyes, you can see the goodness in there. And you really can make a deeper connection when you're looking into their eyes. You will notice that many people do not look in eyes, especially if they are insecure or have like low self-confidence, they won't look in your eyes. If they're hiding something, they won't look in your eyes. If they have an attitude problem, they'll roll their eyes or look down or they won't look at you. And that's because they don't want the bond. The bond will mm-hmm. remind them they love you and they don't want to love <laughs> you right then because they can't maintain an attitude problem if they feel love. It's just too hard. So it's instead true. they need to have detachment. And so then they pull away by not looking at you so that they can maintain whatever emotion they're trying to display at the time. So looking in eyes is this beautiful thing that knits the hearts together and, and actually leads toward creating more calmness. So anyway, what about tip number three, Paige? Tip number three is check up on relationships and the healthy bond. So this happens a lot through uh, the meetings. We mentioned these meetings a lot on these podcasts. Um, But one I know that I focus on a lot is the couples meeting. And that's, you know, a set aside time that I have with Joseph where it's just us, no devices, um, no distractions. And we say, hey, how are we doing? You know, what's, Mm -hmm. what are some things that maybe we need to fix or, Hey, what are things we're doing really, really good at? I want to be able to praise you, you know, and I want to recognize some things that you did really well this week, um, stuff like that. And so Mm -hmm. that is, that is where we can really do like a, a nice checkup on how we're doing and talk about the things that we can do to improve our relationship and then work on that throughout the week and then check up next week. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's but. so valuable just to deliberately say, Hey, how are things in our relationship? Mm-hmm. It seems like the most simple question, but, but most people feel like that's very awkward because it's so honest. Like, Hey, how mm-hmm. about you honestly tell me? And if you're just hearing, when you ask that question to each other week after week, good, things are good. Then actually probably you're not really, it's probably not good. <laughs> Yeah, you're probably not actually really good because you're not really discussing the relationship, which could be, you know, really life changing for the relationship. Okay, so let's talk about tip number four. Tip number four is touching. Touching is important. That is tip number four. So you know how there are those five love languages and really all of these love languages can improve bonding. So they're all good. They are the physical touch, which is what I'm talking about here. Touching is important. Um, words of affirmation, acts of service, uh, quality time, and then gifts. Okay. Those are the five love languages. They all improve bonding, but just right now I want to focus on touching. You know, when a baby is not touched, it actually dies. So they've done studies about that where babies have died because they haven't been touched. Where they weren't hugged or held. Exactly. Exactly. So this shows us the importance of touch. And so we know in our relationships, we need to touch each other. We, and this isn't every relationship everywhere. I'm not going to go up to the mailman and start touching his head or his hand. <laughs> Obviously appropriate physical touch. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> in the family. Okay. Like keep it and it's appropriate. Right. But yeah, like maybe just, you know, tickling somebody's back or, um, Hugs. Just kind of hugs, give him a little cuddle or something. These are important things. 
I say, you still do that. I know there are times when I visit home and I'll walk up and I see you, you know, snuggling with Porter in his bed. He's 17, you know, <laughs> yeah. but it's so fun to just kind of walk by and be like, oh, mom's in, you know, cuddling with Porter in his bed. Cool. Love it. Well, you, you know? know, if I'm, if I'm in my bed, like uh, yesterday, I was taking a Sunday nap, supposedly, <laughs> and then I get a phone call and he heard me talking on the phone to his sister to London. And so all of a sudden here comes Porter into my bed, laying next to me, <laughs> wanting to be part of the phone call, talking to London, you know, which was super fun. Well, the same thing happens to him. He's, he's laying in his bed. He's taking a nap. Maybe he's just waking up. Maybe he's reading a book or whatever. And I come in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just, it's very, you know, innocent. It's just like, Hey, let me spend time with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, we do that all the time. Uh, we like to take the time for that. And mm-hmm. And he likes to get a back rub any chance he can get. There is. <laughs> oh my there gosh. He's so like dad. <laughs> yeah, there is that too. All right. Let's talk about tip number five. So tip number five is solving problems together through work and play. So um, when you solve problems with a person, whether it's a game you're playing, like maybe you are putting a puzzle together or you are doing some sort of trivia game or something, or whether it's you are working in the yard and you have to get a certain amount done in a certain period of time, whatever it is, you know, that you're working on together, those things really bond you with that person. In fact, the memories that I have with my parents are beautiful. I mean, I have memories of memories of us doing fun things together, like dad, you know, coaching my t-ball team and and stuff like that and mom being at my dance rehearsals and dance practices but you know what really my most valuable memories are me working alongside them canning food doing gardening you know stuff like that so yeah I know some of my favorite my favorite memories um that remind me of being you know bonded to you and dad and the family is doing yard work you know I hated it at the time but (laughs) But that time spent together, you know, coming up with fun ways to make weeding the garden more tolerable, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was, you know, looking back, it's one of the more fun memories that I have. Yeah. And I remember there's one time we were gardening and that was where we came up with our answering machine for our landline you know, oh, and yeah. we're digging <laughs> potatoes, I know. <laughs> we're digging potatoes. And all of a sudden, all these weird sayings start coming out and we're like, let's put that on the answering machine. Yeah. And everyone loved it for as long as we had that landline. <laughs> oh my goodness. So much. Yes. You'd have like senators call from Capitol Hill to be like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I know they would call multiple times just to listen to it again. Yeah. <laughs> so funny they're like I'm gonna call and listen to that again I gotta I gotta let the people in my office listen to it like it's like can I call don't answer (laughs) I know I know it was so funny it went like you called us yay yay (laughs) but we didn't answer oh so if you you want to talk to us us, leave leave a a message message. you can do it Ooh, jesse you know it was so stupid but it was like I, I still remember it to this day you know I know and we came up with that while our hands were dirty in the dirt and I remember I 
wrote a little paper when I was young based off of uh, when we were gardening in the watermelon patch, you know, watching all the weeding mm-hmm. out all the little weeds by the watermelon sprouts, you know, and mm-hmm. it was, that work is so important. So don't deprive your family or yourself or your children of working together and playing together. I know, you know, so many people think just about the play or the outings or the fancy things, but life should be simple. Mm-hmm. And the memories are often made simple. They don't need yeah. to be elaborate, like big parties. All well, the even time. on extravagant vacations, like just recently, earlier this year, when we went to, you know, Puerto Rico, the thing I remember most is getting stuck in the elevator, you know? <laughs> That was a memory. That was a memory. We will never forget that. We will laugh forever. I know. Ever. I know. Because we had to problem solve, like, okay, how to talk to this person who doesn't know very much English, how to calm Paige down, who has claustrophobia, you know, how to. <laughs> yeah. No, I thought I was going to have a claustrophobic attack if that ever happened to me, but I didn't. And I think it's because we were still basically on the first floor for the most part, even I mean, we, we had fallen down a bit or up a bit or however it was, but, but that was, we weren't like totally trapped in a hole. Like I was like, okay, I, yeah. I always thought that I would get claustrophobia if that ever happened to me. And then I didn't. And I was like, wow, I, I met my test. One of yeah. my scariest things that could ever happen <laughs> being trapped in an, an elevator for an hour and not being able to speak the same language as the people that need to get me yeah. out. That, that's right. And then there was me <laughs> taking many deep breaths in the corner. <laughs> and then you fell asleep and then you were just <laughs> fine. Just fine. Oh yeah. That was interesting. No, it's the little things. It's the simple mm-hmm. things that we do together. Solving problems together really is beautiful. Just today we knew the snow was coming and the cold weather was coming tonight. And I looked at Porter and I said, Porter, you know what that means, right? You know what that means for the yard? And he's, he's like, like, oh no. Yep, I do. <laughs> and so we went out there for hours and pulled out every piece of food that we wanted to save. All the cabbages, all the peppers, all the tomatoes and cucumbers and squash and beans mm-hmm. and everything and, and onions. And we we did it all. We pulled it. We harvested the whole rest so of the whole I'm going to guess you garden. don't have very much counter space right now. You are so right, babe. <laughs> you are so right. On my counter right now are these huge bowls. Cause, and you know, if you're in my family, you know that I have massive bowls to hold food when I go out and harvest. Anyway, I've got all my big bowls and they are filled up. They are filled up with stuff. <laughs> and in the kitchen sink, you know, luckily there's no dishes in there. We have a humongous bowl of kale, of course, that oh, has yes. water on it. Because after we do this, I am going to go and uh, I'm going to dehydrate my kale so that we can have kale chips or stick it in smoothies or something. It's not all the kale. It's literally like two, well, like one and a half plants. And I still have others. And I'm like, I'm hoping they last the night. Anyway, now that's (laughs) just too much information about our regular lives. But but I do love that you said that because I'm like, yep, that's true. You know (laughs) my counter. Tip number five is very important. <laughs> That's right. It does make memories together. And, and if my family walks in and they see food all over the counter, because it's like in these big bowls, they know, oh, mom's been out in the garden today, mm-hmm. you know, or I bet you we're going to eat something for dinner that comes out of one of these bowls. <laughs> yep. Or a combination of many. <laughs> yes. Or it's going to work its way into a, a nook and cranny in the refrigerator until she can preserve it. 
Yep. yep. That's how it goes. That is how it goes. The story of the life of a person who grows a lot of garden, which is, <laughs> which is definitely what we do. So anyway, you can see really, I think from this whole podcast that um, we really love bonding with each other and how important it is to us. And that we have deliberately decided to make bonding one of the most important things in our relationships. And it has really served us well. So hopefully some of these tips can be helpful to you. Some of these little silly stories hopefully gave you something that you can use for bonding in your own life. And I do recommend Daniel Herta's book, Seven Traits of Effective Parenting. If you would like to find out more about teaching self-government, if you want to learn about these skills, that truly do increase adaptability and increase bonding because they increase calmness and family unity and things that you do together as a family, then definitely go to teachingselfgovernment.com. See when the next training is, when's the next parenting mastery, mastery training, those three-day trainings get signed up. There's also courses online and other resources that you can use to start learning today. So go to teachingselfgovernment.com and we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.